My name is Chris. I'm one of our pastors here on staff. That was such a rich time, wasn't it, this morning? Thank you, Pastor J.D., for, for leading us through that moment. You know, before I get started this morning, want to shout out Antioch Youth. Tonight is United Night. You want to be there. United Night is where youth from both our North and South campus come together once a month for a blowout session of worship, fun, games. There were snow cones. I don't know what's happening tonight. More snow cones tonight. I think my kids ate like six each. So get your kids there. Get them sugared up so they don't sleep tonight and they have a wonderful Monday at school. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, we are in week three of our God is Undefeated series, and what we're leaning into in this series is learning how to walk in victory even in the middle of a fight. Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 35 first. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present or the future, nor any powers, nor any height, nor any depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What that is saying is that no matter what we're walking through, we can have an actual daily experience of the victorious life in God. Not just have a mental understanding of, yes, this is what is true, but we can have an actual experience of an undefeated God. And learning how to lean into that through the rhythms of prayer. Learning how to stay connected to God in ways that we pray, ways that we connect our hearts to Him, and being in constant union with Him. That is possible for us. And what we're doing is we're connecting with how do we actually do that? How do we actually do that over this series? How do we actually experience an undefeated God, a victorious life, even if you're in the middle of a big fight happening right now? You know, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, one where, that was for you guys, one where I had uh, two small children, and I had convinced myself that I was a long-distance runner. I decided to run a half marathon with some friends from my life group. I'd never done anything like it before, but I figured I can, I can do this. I mean, if they can do it, surely I can do it. And, you know, it wasn't sprung on me last minute. You know, they gave me months and months to prepare for this thing, but I didn't really 
train like I was supposed to. See, when you're training for a, a long-distance race, there's a, there's a process that you have to go through in order to be ready for the challenge of race day. What it does is it prepares your body to be able to endure the miles that you're going to go through, the hardships that you're going to hit, the, the, the wall that you're going to smash into at some point. There's a process you go through leading up to that that is going to give you the strength that you need to finish. Well, I didn't do that process. I, I didn't engage it at all. See, not every day is race day. There's just one race day. And what you do prior to race day will determine what race day is like for you. You know, when it started out, it wasn't so bad. Those short runs were not very long. And the long runs were actually pretty short. And I was like, I can do this. This is not a big deal. I'm not even all that tired. And then life started to catch up. Two small toddlers, work, travel, clients, life. We were in life group. We were serving in church. We were involved. And just life got busy. So the short runs just started to evaporate and eventually disappeared. But I was like, you know what? If I can keep the long run, I'll be fine. So once a week, I would go run. And I would put in long miles to get ready for it. Let me tell you, it, it, was, a, it was a bad plan. <laughs> Not the best idea I ever had. So race day came, and you know, to just cut to the chase, I finished. But... I have never done a long-distance race since. Never done another one. I survived, but because I didn't do the process, because I didn't trust the process, because I didn't train, how I came out on the other side left me soured. And I didn't want to engage with that anymore. And so often that's what happens in our lives. We don't trust the process. We don't trust the day by day. And when the big challenges of life come and hit, we might make it through. But we end up soured on the other side. Today what we're talking about is learning how to step into adoration. Learning how to adore God. And what really adoration is, let me simplify it for you. It's a fancy way to say thanksgiving and praise. What we're learning how to do is to lean in to thanksgiving and praise in a daily basis. You've probably heard someone like me stand up from a stage and preach a sermon about how to let your praise get bigger than your problems. You've probably read the book. You've told yourself to do it before. I'm pretty sure I preached that message. I told you to do it. And I'm not here to retract that statement. We absolutely should let our praise get bigger than our problems. God is bigger than anything we're going through, and he wants to prove himself to be that. That is a right thing. We don't want to pull back from that just because we have a hard time engaging it. But the reality is, is we have a hard time engaging doing that. We know it to be true, yet we don't know how to do it. Why is that? 
Why is it that we have a hard time making the praise of God bigger than our problems? You know, I find that when the problems of life hit, what you see is you might be able to make it through it. But your training process leading up to it will determine what kind of life you're walking into coming out of it. Are you walking into a life that is soured? Or are you walking into a life that is victorious? See, you can make it through a fight. You can make it through the battle. You can make it through the problem. But you can come out on the other side of that fight. Not necessarily seeing a victorious God. See, when we don't engage a process of learning how to let thanksgiving and praise be found in little ways in our life. Little things. Every example I'm going to give you today is going to be mundane and trivial, is what it's going to feel like. Because we have to learn how to start thanking God in the mundane and trivial. Because if we don't learn how to do that, your praise will never get bigger than your problem. Because we don't have a practice. And here's the deal. You will make it through the, cry, the, 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 the trial, the, the chaos that you're going through, the crisis moment. You will make it through that moment. But you will come out the other side. And it won't be that you won't just want to run another race. You will now question the character of God. You'll question whether he actually cares about you. You will tell yourself stories about what you're not. How you failed. You will shame yourself over what you didn't do. And you will all of a sudden have a, have a defeated mindset. Even though you came out on the other side. And so what we want to learn how to do is how to make praise and thanksgiving a daily part of our lives in simple ways. Before the big problem ever shows up, we want to learn how to thank God in the little things. We want to learn how to see Him in the mundane. We want to experience Him in what seems trivial. See, Psalm 100, verse 4, the psalmist declares, we enter His gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. See, this is so much more than just like a clever turn of phrase that's given to us. What it's actually doing is it's outlining a process for us to allow us to develop that strength that we need today in order to be able to let our praise get bigger in the crisis moments of life. It's walking us through, this is how you do this. This is how these things work together. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Thanksgiving and praise are really two sides of the same coin. We shouldn't worry about trying to differentiate thanksgiving and praise too much, and yet I'm going to contradict myself and do that right now. There's a difference. It's subtle, but we understand it, and the reason we want to understand it is because we want to understand how they work together 
in simple ways to allow us to develop this Thanksgiving muscle, to allow us to see God in everyday life, in moments where we stay in constant connection with him, becoming strong and being able to stand up in the middle of crisis moments and come out on the other side, believing that God is with us and we're no longer defeated. We understand what thanksgiving and praise are and how they work together. Then we'll engage the process. We'll know how to to enter in and what to do with it. See, thanksgiving is simply where we give glory to God for what he's done for us. We look around our life and we take notice of what God has done for us. There's a theologian and philosopher, Ole Halsby, that, that says, when I give thanks, my thoughts still circle about myself to, ex- to some extent. See, here's the, the truth, is that it's worship. I don't want that to diminish thanksgiving one bit, because thanksgiving is worship to God. It is my attention focused on what is around me, what God has done for me, and honoring him for it. It starts with me looking at my own life. What has been done? What has happened? God, what have you done throughout my history? What have you done today? Really simply, I was vacuuming my home this week. I often do that when I'm stressed. And I was vacuuming my home. And honestly, I was feeling the the worry and the stress begin to, to build up. And by the grace of God... It really was the grace of God because I don't know that I did it super intentionally. It was the grace of God encountering me. I was able to pull out of that moment of worry and stress and I looked down at this new vacuum and I just thanked God for our new cordless vacuum because it has made cleaning our rooms easier. I don't have to move furniture now to plug in the vacuum. I can now just carry it in and vacuum. It's awesome. And I just began to thank God for that little thing. It was beautiful to experience. Another example is I was sitting at my kitchen table on Thursday afternoon. I was actually working on this message. I hadn't gotten to this point. And I was working on this message and I look out in my backyard and I see trash like tumbleweeds rolling through it. And this familiar pattern of frustration began to like rise up in me. I knew where it was going because it's a well-worn path for me when I see the trash in my backyard. See, we have a neighbor that uh, their dumpster backs up to our fence. And so about every other day, their trash comes blowing into our yard. And We've sent letters to the trash company. We've called the city. We've left net letters for them. We've emailed them. We've tried to call them, and we've had no luck over the last 18 months. We just get trash in our yard, and so I'm, I'm a bit frustrated about it. And I feel that starting to rise up in me, and I'm thinking, you know what I'm going to go do is I'm going to go collect that trash, and I'm going to go drop it on their front door and see how they like it is what I'm starting to feel rise up in me again. Because I've had that thought a couple times before. (laughs) You know, but in that moment, as I'm staring at the trash, I see a tree in our backyard. 
And I just began to feel gratitude rise up. See, this tree is this massive live oak tree. It's one of those ones with the big winding branches that seem like they just kiss the ground and then go back up. It's a tree I've wanted in my backyard for as long as I've been an adult. And now I have one in my backyard and I love just looking at that tree. And I just found myself going, thank you. Thank you for a tree. And as I looked over, I began to say thank you for that trampoline. Thank you for the, the memories of my two younger kids playing and laughing on that thing. Our dog running around the yard, chasing them, trying to get on the trampoline. And I, and I saw the vines growing on the fence with the, the, the pink blossoms on them. And I just thanked God in the moment for the little thing. And in each of those instances, one where I'm thanking God for a household accessory and another where I'm thanking God for a tree. What began to to be thanking God for a little thing turned into praising God for who he was. Began to just declare, thank you for being faithful to us. Thank you for seeing what we need in both the big and the little things of life. See, that's how thanksgiving and praise are intertwined into one another. They go so naturally together, it's almost hard to differentiate when one becomes the other. But praise is that moment when our thanksgiving shifts. It's a subtle shift from thanking God for what he's done for us and giving glory to God for who he is in himself. Where it's nothing to do with about what I have, it's all to do with just who he is. We go from entering his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Our author and theologian friend, Ol says it again. He says, But in praise my soul ascends to self-forgetting adoration, seeing and praising only the majesty and power of God, His grace and His redemption. It's that moment. We're seeing God in the little thing, thanking Him for the everyday. Turns to you recognizing who He's been, who he is in your life. Where you're able to see you've provided a vacuum and you provided a home. You're the God who sees me. You're the God who knows me. You're the God who has always provided for me. It's that subtle shift. And, and what, it, what Thanksgiving does is it develops this training pattern in us to see rightly the character of God. Because we see what he's done for us. And that always leads to celebrating who he actually is. We don't just thank him for what he's done. We thank the one for who he is. It's a whole different aspect of worship. See, but so often we have to ask ourselves, why is it so hard to get there? Like, why is it hard to do this? we find ourselves struggling to, to, to engage with thanksgiving. If it wasn't true, there wouldn't be a host of books written about how to do it. See, there's, the reason we do it is because our attention is fixed on the wrong things. C.S. Lewis said there are obstacles to our adoration, meaning there are obstacles to our thanksgiving and praise. And he identified a few of what they were. The first one, he said, is 
one of the obstacles to thanksgiving and praise being in your life is just inattention. The blur of life. Getting the groceries. Picking the kids up from school. Going from meeting or class to class. And just not being aware that God is with us. Not keeping God in view. We just become inattentive. And you can find yourself at your, the end of your day going, I don't know that I engaged you once today, God. I don't know that I recognized you were with me at all. And so therefore, thanksgiving doesn't come out throughout our days. The, the enemy of inattention shows up in our lives. There's also the enemy of the wrong kind of attention. Where our attention gets drawn to the the wrong things. We may be in the right place at the right time, but our attention can still be drawn to something else. I mean, it, it often happens in this room. When we're in worship, I've been there many times. I'm in the right place at the right time where my attention should be eyes fixed on Jesus, worshiping Him, yet then my phone buzzes, my stomach growls, something I remember I need to do next week pops in my head, and I find myself at the end of worship going, man, I I sure thought about a lot of things, but maybe not the right thing. Our attention just focuses on the wrong things at times, and it robs us from being thankful in the everyday moments. And then there's greed. Greed keeps us focused on what we don't have rather than being thankful for what we do have. Now, I know not a single one of us would sit in this room and say we're greedy people. But there are little things that we do that give ourselves to the habit of greed. On this iPad right here, I realize I have a tab open in my internet browser that's been open for about six months of a pair of boots that I'd like to buy. And I look at it about once a week as if the boots have changed or developed some new feature. They're the same boots. And you know what? I have a pair of boots, yet I go look at these boots. It's little things like that. I'm not talking about the big greed. I'm talking about the little greed, looking at what we don't have, driving down the road and thinking, ooh, I'd like that car rather than the car I'm driving. It's the simple things that rob us from being thankful for what God has done, and therefore we can't ever enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We never even make it to the courts. Because the enemy stopped us before we ever made it to the gate. We find ourselves hanging outside rather than entering in. Because inattention, the wrong kind of attention, greed keeps us from entering into thanksgiving. Keeps us from seeing what God has done in our lives. So therefore we can never even recognize him for who he is. So when the big problem in our life shows up and we know internally, I got to get 
praise bigger than my problem. I got to get God bigger in this situation. We don't know how to do it. We don't have the strength to do it. We try to press in, but we don't have a habit of thanksgiving. So we have a hard time even seeing being thankful. You know how it sometimes plays out? Is you try to lean into thankfulness and what you start doing is thanking God for something small, something trivial, and then you start ridiculing yourself for being so trivial as if God doesn't care about you. And so you start to ridicule yourself. How, you're such an idiot. Why would God care if you thank him for a vacuum? Why would you do that? You start to walk in the gate and then you walk right back out. And so the big problem just gets bigger. But if we develop a habit, daily habit, of learning how to lean in and say, God, I'm going to let you get bigger than every problem that I'm facing. Big problem, little problem. I'm going to learn how to thank you in the little things. I'm going to learn how to let that turn into praise. Then what happens is when the big moments of life come, you have a routine to fall into. And don't ever underestimate the power of a routine. It'll save you in those moments. Autopilot will kick in. And you'll find yourself hit with a situation that you don't know how to handle. And it'll shake you at first. But your routine will kick in. And you'll just start seeing things that you can be thankful for. Because it's your routine. Because it's your habit. And you'll know what to do. You'll step into it. I want to give you an acronym for how this week we can begin to make this happen. How we can do this. Before I give you the acronym, I want to tell you how I stumbled upon it this last week. And how it came about in my life. See, I've known I'm going to be talking about this for a while. And so I've been intentionally saying, okay, God, I want to learn how to do this better in my life. I want to learn how to be thankful. I want to learn how to praise you in everyday moments. I want to grow. And so I've been trying to lean in and learn those things. So last Sunday, I, I got home from church and I I sit on the couch and I'm dozing off. As my oldest son says, is there's an irrevocable law of the world that dads will fall asleep on Sundays on the couch. And I had dozed off on the couch like I normally do, only to be startled awake by my beautiful eight-year-old daughter having a full-on conversation with the TV <laughs> and the cartoon characters that she loves so well. And in that moment, Ooh, I was annoyed. I was like, I was just hitting that good part of a nap where it really starts to feel like you're in the zone. And I'm, and I'm starting to feel annoyed. Now, I love my daughter tremendously. She's very different than I am, extremely. She loves being with people 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She is easily the most extroverted person I have ever met in my life. She is also the kindest person alive on the planet today. So anytime I get frustrated with her, it's not about what she did. It's usually about me being a jerk. 
And so here I am in this moment about to be a jerk again. And, you know, I don't know if it's just like post-nap haze, but I just, I can't get the words out. Of, I can't get the words of annoyance to start to flow. And so I just stop and I, and I think and I look at her. And in that moment, I, I see her just smiling and laughing as she engages with this show. In this moment of stopping, I find myself being thankful. In the pause, allowing myself enough space to see what's actually going on, to let my attention go to something right, I began to be thankful. We began to thank God that He brought this girl into our life and, and knew exactly what our family needed. And as I was just quietly thanking God to myself, I just began to feel the Holy Spirit settling on me. The joy of the Lord just resting on me. And it just reminded me, God, you've always seen what we needed. You've always been faithful to us. You are faithful in everything. It helped me see there's a simple way for us to keep thanksgiving and praise in front of us. And I want to give you this little acronym. Stop. Stop. S-T-O-P. Stop. It begins with just stopping. Taking a moment to pause in your daily life. Taking a moment to just stop. Breathe. Look around you. I encourage you, do this at home. Do this at work. Don't do it while you're driving. It might get dangerous. But stop and just look around you. And as you begin to just look around you, make the habit of saying, okay, I am going to choose to thank you for something right now. Let it be small. Let it be trivial. Let it be normal. Let it be mundane. Just stop and thank God. After you thank Him for one thing, thank Him for another. God, thank you for my children. Let it, be, let it begin there. God, thank you that I have a job. God, thank you that there's breath in my lungs. Simple things that we experience every day. As we begin to thank God, we open ourselves up to receive from the Holy Spirit. We open ourselves up to begin to let the fruit of the Spirit come alive in us. The peace of God begins to start filling you. The hope of God begins to come alive in you. The joy of the Lord awakens within you. And you find yourself, when that is happening, when the Holy Spirit is filling you because you're open to what He's doing, praise is the natural response. We just begin to praise Him. So we stop. We stop, thank, open, and praise. Set a reminder on your phone that just says, stop this week. Put it in there every day. Put it in between your meetings, between classes, as you're waiting in the school pickup line. Have it pop up and just say, stop. Build the habit of thanksgiving and praise before the big problem ever comes. Before the big situation feels like it's going to overwhelm you. Because If you've just come through one, 
we'll probably face another one. If you're, if you're rolling through life like, right now and everything feels great, at some point, a problem's gonna hit and it's gonna feel bigger than you know what to do with. So build the pattern now so that we know what to do when that moment comes. We wanna be ready for what comes in our life. By building a habit of thanksgiving and praise, of pausing throughout our day to recognize who God is and what he's done in our lives. Not, over, not underestimating any little thing. Because when we learn how to be thankful for the little things, those big breakthrough moments, man, they're easy to see. And you actually start to see every little thing as a breakthrough moment in your life. God, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you moved in that way. It's a powerful experience. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. See, the the people that the psalmist was writing that to would have easily understood that reference. See, because they would have had the temple in mind. They would have had the place of worship in mind. And they would have understood what this was talking about. In order to to get into the temple, you had to walk through the gates. And if you kept going, you came to the courts. It was a progression that took place. So they would understand that for me, in worship, in engagement with God, it begins with me thanking Him. It begins with me entering His gates, giving thanks for what He's done in my life. And it continues with me praising who he is. And then to come back out, I enter through, go through the courts once again and I praise him and I thank him again. See, that's what happens when we begin to engage thanksgiving and praise. They just begin to ping pong back and forth together. God, thank you for the way that you've given this to me. I'm so, I'm so grateful for the things that I have. God, you were faithful to me. You were the provider. Look at, this, look at this thing that you've done. I, I see you as provider there. God, you're so consistent. And it just ping-pongs back and forth, thanksgiving and praise. And usually it starts small. It starts with something little. It starts with our attention shifting. It starts with our eyes just fixing back on Jesus. Having a moment where we pause and we see him. Once you stand to your feet. As we close, I'm I'm not going to tell you, hey, let's let our praise get bigger than our problems right now. No, rather, I'm going to encourage you in this moment right here let's just stop let's just stop and let's fix our attention back on him there's no doubt there's been thoughts that have run through your mind you've got things that you're doing today you're asking questions you're wondering about this just stop Let's just quiet ourselves before him. And let's stop.
God, I ask right now you begin to remind every single one of us of things that you've done for us. Little things. Begin to remind us. And as we worship, what I want to encourage you to do is just to begin to thank God. Sing along with us, but begin to thank God for the little things that he's done. Thank God for the big things, the things that he's reminding you about. Begin to just thank him. It'll turn into praise. It'll turn into glorifying him. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. We want to lift you up. And so God, we look to you right now. We give you all of our attention. We fix our eyes on you. That you might be bigger, that we might see you, that we might glorify you, that we might thank you, that we might praise you. We love you.